You're listening to Speak Loud, resilient stories of triumph and hope, helping you to turn your past into fuel for your best future. Here's your host, founder of the 501c3 Share, providing resource and support for trauma victims, and a survivor herself, Tiffany Barnes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Speak Loud podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am super excited to introduce my guest, but before I do, I want to remind you guys, if you have someone in your life that you think needs to hear these episodes or this podcast itself, please make sure to refer them to it. If you yourself have gotten a lot out of these episodes, please be sure to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. With that being said, I would love to introduce my guest today, McKendry Gardner. I love your name, by the way. I've never met another McKendry, so that's cool. Already. Hey. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to get into. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into great detail of your life because it's your life. And I want you to be able to tell your story of abuse and some of the trauma that you have overcome in your life. So go ahead and take it away and tell us more. Um, so my name is McKendry Gardner. Um, but I, so I grew up in a family where. Um, we had like the narcissistic abuse constantly. Um, like we had the cops called on our house a lot because there was like physical fighting. Um, and then in 2017, I ended up being raped by two very close friends of mine. And instead of allowing myself to become like a victim from that, I've actually grown from that. And it's really weird because like, I can look back now and see it in like a light of gratitude, Wow. Okay. So 2017, that's not very long ago. No. <laughs> and, and you said these were people that were very close to you. So were they neighbors? Were they boyfriends? Were they family? You know, expand on that a little bit. Because we do know that the majority of the time, 90% or more, it's somebody close to you. And so, yeah. fine. Tell us more about that. Um, so, they were just friends in high school that I really considered brothers. Mm -hmm. Um we, you know, we just hung out a lot and they were actually someone that I came to in a lot of dark moments. And this dark moment that I came to them this time happened to be the time that they raped me. So yeah, it is, it's true. It's someone that you know, usually. Right. So you went to them to confide in them because you were going through some dark times. That's correct? Yeah. Um, my Parents had just, like, they got divorced. My cousin passed away due to, like, a freak medical accident that happened. Um, my boyfriend at the time cheated on me. Um, I, was, I was just going through a lot of stuff, so I went to their house um, and planned on thinking so I could kind of self of everything that was going on. And I even told them, like, I, that's, that was my plan. Like I wanted to come over so I could just like forget about everything that was happening around me and just drink. And my goal was to black out, you know? Um, and they knew that. And so instead of me going over there, trying to like comfort myself or forget about things, um, I ended up being raped by both of them. Wow, that's crazy. That's a lot to go through. I mean, 
just one of those events is traumatic, let alone all of the things you'd gone through. So when you say raped by both of them, like this happened, both of them at the same time or two separate instances? At the same time. Um, I don't like, I don't remember much just because I was black. There's bits and pieces I remember. And um, yeah, it was, it was at the same time by both of them. Oh, my goodness. So, take us through, well, let's back up. Let's back up to when you were younger. How old are you now, by the way? I'm 23. So, let's take me back to when you were a young girl and the household that you grew up in. You talked about a lot of narcissism. Mm -hmm. And I know from experience, narcissism can really take a toll on not only your self-esteem, but who you are mentally and emotionally. And um, do you feel Mm -hmm. that due to the environment that you grew up in, that it had a profound effect on who you grew up to be into your teenage years and then into your 20s? Is it something that you're still, you know, dealing with or did it affect you in a profound way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually recently just started going through therapy, EMDR therapy, um, and I've been diagnosed with what's called disassociative identity disorder. So it's it's like pieces of myself that like growing up, like my inner child, like a puzzle, like broke off. Like this is how my therapist explains it. Like a puzzle piece broke off with a piece of trauma and that stuck. And so when like I get triggered, um, there's like that childhood, like let's say six-year-old or something will come forward and kind of like try to protect me. So it's, it's definitely something that has been like ingrained inside me because as I'm going through this trauma with my therapist, um, there's instances where <laughs> that narcissistic tendencies from family members and my dad um, will pop up. So yeah, it definitely shaped me to be who I am today, but I'm very grateful that I'm able to surround myself with people to help me find who I really am and make it a strength. Do you feel that you have attracted narcissistic people in your life because of the environment you grew up in? Like as far as like your relationships or your intimate relationships with boyfriends and things like that? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm an empath and I'd have to say I, I easily attract narcissistic people or have. Okay. And what have you found in your therapy or through research or whatever it is that you have done to help heal yourself? How have you stopped that pattern so that you're not continually attracting that persona in your life? I think recognizing what a narcissist was, was like the very first thing that I had to notice. Um, Cause the, the boyfriend that cheated on me, he was a narcissist and um you know, I kept falling into those tendencies afterwards of being around narcissists, dating narcissists. Um, I'm lucky that I'm not with one today, but yeah, totally. (laughs) So maybe there's somebody listening and they don't know how to identify a narcissist. Can you shed some light on that? Like what are the signs of a narcissist? What's some of the behavior that they display? Yeah. So a narcissist is someone that like they're better than you. Like they their problems will always come before yours if there's something that you have caught like that the narcissist has caused they will never own up to it even if there's like substantial evidence as to it being their fault um it's always about them they're never at fault 
they're always perfect. If you ever tried to like point that out to a narcissist, they'd flip it on you and kind of start gaslighting. Um, and a lot of people might not even know what gaslighting is. I've done a couple episodes on this, but as far as gaslighting, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so gaslighting is someone that like you can come to them with like your problems or tell like you can go to someone and say, Hey, I feel like, um, like I feel this way because like you're doing this or like you can confront someone and they're like, Oh, you're crazy. Oh, that's not true. Oh, like even though something like is true and did, did happen, they'll deny it over and over again, make you feel crazy, make you feel like, like you don't know what you're talking about. So it's a mental thing that happens, basically. So the narcissist, here's what I'm hearing you say, and I've been through this, but we want to kind of um, put it in layman terms for people who may not have dealt with this or recognize that that's what they're dealing with. But with narcissism, Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely agree with you. These types of people are very self-centered. They play, they'll do the blame game on you, but never on themselves. They never take responsibility for what they're doing. Um, And then as far as the gaslighting, like you say, just making you feel like you're the crazy one. Like, no, I'm not doing anything wrong. You're the crazy one. And I think this takes place a lot Mm -hmm. in relationships, especially in relationships when people have gone so far down the road of the relationship and, you know, they become invested with their heart and their emotions and maybe a, a flip switches, if you will. And then their partner starts to display these behaviors or maybe they had little pieces of these behaviors that they displayed uh, before, but they weren't as harsh as they are at that moment. So um, I think one of the the Mm -hmm. toughest things that I've seen with abuse is specifically mental abuse, which is narcissism, is that, you know, I've always said I would rather have physical bruises, which I'm not condoning any form of abuse, but I would rather have physical bruises because they go away when you're beaten physically than have the mental scars of dealing with mental abuse. Is that something you would agree with? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got just like goosebumps with you saying that. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you doing today? Like, what are the, what's the story of abuse that you're telling yourself today? You've been through these things. It sounds like you're not in a type of relationship that's abusive now. What can you tell my audience that, that will help them and give them hope to realize they too can find a relationship that's healthy. They can find a balance within themselves that they are worthy of, of true love. That's good love and not narcissistic love and all of those things. I recommend finding yourself first, um, really learning how to love yourself first. And when you get into relationships and there's red flags to really listen to those red flags and don't just brush it off. Cause often the red flags can turn into so much more, Um, and when you, when you get into relationships, really communicate with your partner on the things that you, you want and you need, because that is a healthy thing to do. But at the very beginning, I'd say you need to find yourself first and heal. So that way your, your best self is attracting your best partner. Right. I've heard that saying before, you know, you can't really love someone until you love yourself. 
right? And you've talked about going mm-hmm. through counseling. And I want you, if you would, expand on that. There's a, a big stigma with counseling. People think, oh, I don't want to go see a counselor. That's a weak thing to do. Um, they don't help. They just are a waste of money. You know, there's so many misconceptions and perceptions that people have about counseling. And you mentioned specifically, I think you said ED, EMDR. Um, so I guess my question, mm-hmm. my question is two-part. Number one, where did you have that aha moment that, okay, I need some counseling, I need some help, and I can't just do it on my own? That's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is, how has EMDR helped you and what is EMDR? So I'll let you take it away. I noticed that I needed help when parts of my trauma were bleeding into my relationship and I was, I was expecting him to fix it when he had no idea how to fix it. So then it was also harming our relationship because he couldn't be the one to fix what I was going through. He didn't know how to. So once I decided that and kind of recognized it, I'm like, okay, like I need to, I need to start healing because I don't want this to bleed into a relationship that I love and I want to continue to evolve. Um, and then EMDR therapy is, oh, I don't even know the acronyms for it, but it's a rapid eye movement therapy. So it connects your, you'll, my therapist uses her fingers and she goes like left and right with them while I watch them. Um, and as you watch them, your left and right brain connect and you're able to release the emotions that are within like a traumatic event. So when that traumatic event comes up, it's not like you're reliving through it. It's really, really helpful for those that have like PTSD and um, issues like that way. So for me, like with my rape, if I started talking about it, it's like I was reliving it. It's like my body was numb and shutting down just like how it was when I was blackout drunk. And so going in and really fixing those, the, the emotions stuck within the trauma has helped me to be able to talk about it and not, relive it over and over and over again. And you mentioned the blackout drunk thing, which I actually wanted to talk about and then I forgot about. Um, is that something you still do? Like when you want to escape? Or is drinking an escape for you? Or have you found that these therapies have helped you so you don't have to go there anymore? I am actually almost 11 months sober. <laughs> oh my gosh, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, I I recognized that I was stuffing down my emotions with alcohol, which became really unhealthy. And I didn't want to be an alcoholic for my daughter and for my family. So I decided that it was, if I'm going to heal, then I need to also quit drinking because that was a big crutch for me. Wow. Yeah, that's profound. I can relate to that on many levels. And uh, seriously, I congratulate you for being strong and in your sobriety. That's awesome. Thank you. So if you had to choose a moment that it turned around for you, your one defining moment, maybe it was (laughs) after that rape happened, maybe you were laying on the floor crying, maybe it was something you saw your daughter do, you know, what was your one defining moment where you just said, okay, enough is enough. I have to change. So it was, it was around the time where I decided that I wanted to become sober. Um, I, this is where I found Minky Brady. Um, 
I heard she was having an event and there was just like something that pulled me to it. I'm not really sure what it was, but at the time I had PTSD, I had postpartum depression. Um, There was like a spark inside me that I couldn't figure out how to like really light up, but I had it inside me and I felt like I was like failing in every possible way. Um, And it wasn't until I went into this, this event that I, I found like the message that not only like I needed, but the message that I needed to tell people. And that, that moment right then and there is when I decided that I couldn't live like this anymore. I like, I had to, I had to continue for, for those that I needed to pull out of the fire as well. So that's, that's where it began. (laughs) So speaking of that, shining your light, so to speak, what is your passion project? What is your message that you want to just shout out to the world? I want people to know that they, their worst moments in life do not have to define them and that they absolutely can grow from them and have them become a strength to where they're not bombarded or drugged down by it anymore. I love that. That's beautiful. What makes you feel empowered? Mm. That's a good question. Um, I think I feel empowered when I know that I'm helping other people and that I know that I'm leaving other people better off than when I first found them. That's awesome. I love that. Now, if you could go back in time and say something to your younger self when you were going through this abuse, what's something that you would have said to yourself knowing what you know now? It's... That's, it's hard to say, but I don't know if a lot of people would understand this just because you do have to go through healing to understand it, but to have a gratitude and be patient because once you've healed from trauma and just things that you've gone through, you really do learn to have like a gratitude for it because it's made me the person who I am today. And I'm able to share my message and my experiences with others because of what I've gone through. I love that. And you did mention, so as far as like lasting effects, you've mentioned you've gone through some PTSD um, and then some postpartum. Are there things that you're still dealing with today that you're still working on? Are you still working on that PTSD? You know, do you have anxiety disorders, anything like that? So I don't think I have PTSD anymore. There, I, It's been a really long time since I've felt like I was like living in the moment again. Um, but I do have anxiety issues, um, every now and then, but I, I use EFT tapping to help bring me like back to present. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I do have anxiety, but it's okay. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there was another part of your question that I missed. No, you're fine. I think anxiety is probably really common in today's world in 2020 anyways, because there's Mm -hmm. so much craziness going on. Um, But you mentioned your daughter. I I didn't know you had a little girl. And um, what are you doing to make sure that the pattern stops with you? Because we know that abuse is cyclical, right? Yeah. So because you've been through abuse, just based on statistics, it would be said that you too would be an abuser yourself and then it just keeps going on down the line. So what have you, what are you doing or what are you continuing to do to make sure your daughter doesn't face those, that same cycle? So within EMDR therapy, 
Um, there's been parts of me that I've connected to that. Um, so we'll say my, I have a, like a four-year-old tr- trauma part. Um, and it's really hard to describe because it sounds kind of crazy, but um, I have a four-year-old trauma part that kind of has a hard time with Avery. Cause at such a young age, I was already like parenting um, like my family. Mm-hmm. So me now, this little four-year-old that, is inside me that had trauma. Like she sees my daughter and is a little bit jealous because I'm trying to provide what I didn't have growing up. So EMDR has helped me to recognize those cycles that are playing in my brain of when I get frustrated with my daughter, it's not really me. It's, and I mean, parenthood can just be frustrating sometimes, <laughs> but it's not really me. It's this jealous four-year-old inside me that wishes she could have played like how I'm playing with my daughter. So, I mean, EMDR has been a huge, huge healing process for me because I am recognizing the things that I've picked up from my parents and I'm, I'm stopping that cycle from happening. That way my daughter grows up and she doesn't have to parent at such a young age and she can be a kid and be loved and be loved without without expectations. Yeah. I love what you said there because all of us have an inner child that Mm -hmm. needs to be healed inside. And it's so profound that, you know, you can recognize, you know, your four-year-old self wishing that, you know, the life you've given your daughter, you had at that age. And, uh, you know, it's really honorable that you can recognize that and continue to do the work. So as far as the EMDR, how long have you been doing it? Um, I think I've been doing it for five months now. Okay. And it's had just a tremendous effect in those five months. Yeah. Um, it's made me a better mom, a better partner, a better friend, um, a better business owner, like all around. It's just helped me to ground myself and not live in the past of my trauma and recognizing cycles. Is it relatively affordable for somebody? If somebody were to listen to this and say, hey, I want to check out EMDR, is it something that's not too expensive? How did you find out about it? Who, you know, did you research it on Google? Tell us a little bit more on that. So I do it through my um, stepmom, and she, she doesn't accept insurance, but I know that there's places that do accept insurance for EMDR therapy. You just have to kind of Google and search around and find the one that best fits your price range and what you're wanting. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I love that. I've heard a lot about it. I've never tried it myself, but I've always been very interested in it. Now, um, I want to ask you a very powerful question. I want you to think about this before you answer. Who is... McKendry Gardner. <laughs> Do you allow cussing on here? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I, I'm a badass. I don't know. I'm, I have endured so much. I'm, I'm powerful. I'm driven. I am passionate. And um, I just want to help those that are around me. I love that. And we talked a little bit about uh, yourself before we hit the record button. So tell us, what are you up to today? You said you're a businesswoman. We know you're a mom, which is a job in itself. Uh, (laughs) So tell us more about what are you doing on a professional level? How can we find you? Do you have a website? Do you have any social media accounts? Tell us more. 
Um, so I own a company called Body Like Bay Watch. It is an active wear company. Um, I am a speaker. So I love being on podcasts. Thank you for this interview, by the way. Um, and then I just got hired. <laughs> I just got hired by Travis and Nikki Brady to be their head social media manager and expand their events nationwide. Fantastic. Now, what do you speak on? Maybe somebody wants to have you come speak to their group. What uh, topics do you speak about? Belief systems. So how to break through them and um, put plant seeds for better belief systems within yourself. Love that. Now, uh, social media accounts or web address, do you have anything like that if somebody wanted to reach out to you? Yeah. Um, so on Facebook, I am just McKendry Gardner. And my group on there is Body Like Baywatch VIP. And then on Instagram, I have an account and it's just Body Like Baywatch. I love that name, Body Like Baywatch. Where did you come up with that name? <laughs> I got it from a song that I was just listening to at the gym. <laughs> oh, really? I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's clever. Very, very clever. I'll have to check it out. I do cycling. I'm a cyclist, so I don't know if you have gear for cyclists, but um, I'm always down for some leggings. Who isn't down for some good leggings? So I'll have to check yes. it out. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I always like to um, – actually, let me, let me ask one more question before I get on to my 20 questions. What do you hope – the listeners take away from today's episode? I really hope anyone listening just knows that their trauma really doesn't have to define them and it's okay to search out and heal and it's okay to find therapists. There's, I think the stigma should be not having one. I think everybody should go through therapy no matter what. Um, and I, I just want your listeners to know that they are 100% worth healing and having the life that they desire and dream about. Yes, I love that. Okay. So we do at the very, we, me and the mouse in my pocket. There's nobody else here but me. Um, <laughs> well, my dog Max is snoring down here by my feet. But uh, we do 20 <laughs> questions. We, I said we again. I do 20 questions. So pick a number between 1 and 20. Uh, let's go 16. If your life was a novel, what would the title be? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, Grow. Yeah, Grow. Grow by McKendry Gardner. And the last name's Gardner, so that just seems pretty cool, too. It <laughs> <laughs> just works. Grow with McKendry Gardner. I love it. Very, very cool. Well, I am so grateful to have you on today. Um, I have her on Zoom, by the way. So we had a little bit of some te technical difficulties in the beginning. Hopefully we'll get that uh, cleared up. But I'm looking at your beautiful face and I can tell you're <laughs> such a beautiful person and you have so much light to share with the world. And uh, thank you for being on the show. I, I hope that so many of you resonate with McKendry and you take the time to reach out to her and see what projects she's working on because she has so much to offer the world. And um, again, I just thank you. So any final words before we end? I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my message. Absolutely. You bet. So again, we'll put uh, McKendry's information in the show notes. And if you know anybody that would really resonate with this episode, maybe they want to learn more about EMDR, check out this episode, share it, rate it. The more people that know about it, the better it's going to be. And as always... Be the change you wish to see in this world. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening to Speak Loud. If this message resonated with you, please feel free to share it with anyone you feel could use the support. To find out more information about SHARE, our movement, and to join the cause, please visit sharethemovement.org. Until next time.